Welcome to The Old World Lives, a World of Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Beware the first segment, my son. The bits that clack, the host with plague. Beware the hobby noise and shun, the frummiest blast for snatch. Hello and welcome to The Old World Lives. This will be an episode where we don't really have uh, main topic where you talk about fantasy in general and what we're up to and uh, with me tonight i have jimmy hello everyone and jens hello jens is a crow today yeah i've done some voice modifications have you been doing servitor stuff maybe don't tell the inquisition what's the servitor it's, it's <laughs> one of those science fiction things you know <laughs> all right <laughs> So uh, I think the first thing we should talk about to get it over with is the thing that the entire Warmer Fantasy world is talking about right now. And that's yeah. the, the announcement from Games Workshop. Uh, so it's basically it's a picture saying everything comes around, including squares. And it's a picture of like a 20 millimeter square base. Yeah. What could it mean? But what does what it do mean? What do you guys think? Well, I think they're just going to sell basic square bases for people who yeah. want them. That's my guess too, but I do hope there's like gonna be something else. I mean, come on, there's a big, huge crowd out there who still wants the old world to live. Uh, you, you're selling the bases seems weird because like they actually stopped selling them last year. Like I yeah. bought some bases last year, and then yeah, it was they haven't like... been out of production for for that long to yeah. make it like and that this should be a big, big comeback for just square bases. But yeah. <laughs> being a a cynical, jaded person. <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up. It's just like, if I can get square bases from GW, okay, okay, fine. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Everything else, just a bonus. Yeah, it just seems that the weird that they would make like a big announcement with just yeah. putting those back in stock. They would just like do it quietly the other way around if they want us to start selling them again. Because this is like they're drawing all the attention to themselves, saying like, "Oh, we're doing something square again," or. I don't know. Yeah, Seems maybe weird. they're just uh, gauging the reaction it gets. Maybe they're just re-releasing the square bases now and seeing how well that does and see what people say about it. And then they're going to release some stuff after that, maybe. Yeah. You know. uh, or they're going to do a true ninth edition. Who knows? I mean, yeah. like recently we Games Workshop, they've been releasing a lot of old games. And I mean, Panas is like the biggest of their old games. Yeah, it's what started like their whole thing. Yeah, but also like if they would bring back something with fantasy or just bring back uh, square bases, it seems like they're kind of admitting that Age of Sigmar was not the best idea or something. I don't know. Haven't That's they already I... like said that? Well, maybe Age of Sigmar is a pretty good idea, but the way they handled it back then was not optimal. No. They haven't gone out and say that. I, yeah. I, I just heard that somewhere that they've been at least acknowledging that it might have not been handled in the best of ways. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for sure. It's coming out tomorrow and I don't know when this is releasing. So by then you'll already know and just laugh at us for not knowing. We would look like yeah. fools. <laughs> but uh, interesting for sure. And it's just oh, been yeah. fun seeing like five posts in every fantasy Facebook group. That yeah. Have you guys seen this? Then. <laughs> three more yes yes we have all right so what are you guys up to in the world of fantasy let's painting start night goblins. yeah painting night goblins and orcs and everything green Ooh, nice yeah so I've, up, I've got 
14 of the guys done. I'm working on do, 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 how many more of these? Seven more now, just doing contrast so paints and stuff. Are you used painting for pleasure, or are you working towards a list, or towards a uh, game I, that you're playing? I'm working out of guilt, because I've done so much working <laughs> on this stuff, and it's just lying there unpainted, and if I want to buy more, I should at least paint some of the stuff. <laughs> Uh, I've actually sorry. managed to uh, to keep to I painted one unit of orc boys and if I do a unit of night goblins I've done two core units without doing any characters or special units or stuff like that so mm -hmm. if I can keep that up and just do the the boring block painting mass rank units first and then treat myself with uh, yeah I, I'm I'm gonna say that's a really good idea because that's how I did my army <laughs> go with the plebs first. <laughs> Go with the plebs first, then you paint yeah. more plebs. Yeah, usually it's like, now I've painted two rank and file guys, maybe I should treat myself. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to keep this up as uh, as long as I can. I can promise nothing. <laughs> we'll be rooting for you. Yeah, but that's all I've been doing fantasy-wise. I've been buying a lot of Orcs and Goblins stuff, uh, lots of old Savage Orcs, uh, a giant, and uh, Genius. So you had, like, some Orcs and Goblins laying around, and you're like, oh, yeah, I better paint these. And yeah. now that I'm painting them, I might as well buy some more. Yeah, yeah, so that's... Uh, I like how that I, how I treat myself. Perfect never-ending cycle. Yeah, yeah, as long as I keep painting these guys, I can buy more without yeah. having... So sorry, I didn't buy any models today. Hmm. Let's let's treat myself by buying some tomorrow. Yeah, let's That's buy me. twice as many tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are you working towards uh, some uh, army idea or a list, or are you yeah, just buying? I've, models I've got here? a roughly two thousand point list in my head ish. I've got two rare units. I've got like two special units and a lot of core units and some characters so i'm just gonna whip out what i have and it's a bit a little bit of everything some savage orcs some regular orcs some night goblins squig herd chariots giant and a few trolls nice, nice. all the fun stuff yeah yeah I, I wanted to do a like savage orc i'm gonna have a big big unit of like 35 savage orcs damn yeah and <laughs> 35 holy shit yeah and they're the sculpts are pretty fun but it's only like four or five sculpts, so we're gonna have to try and get creative. Paint, I mean, paint them, I, paint them tactically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I've I've done three like <laughs> test models just to see how fast I can do a single guy, and then I painted two at once, and I'm gonna do three at once, and then I'm just gonna try and escalate it until I come to the uh, uh, the command models, and I'm gonna try and take my time with those guys. Yeah, tr three. try. Yeah, three at once. I, I I paint always paint twenty at once. Always. <laughs> I know, but but you are a crazy person. You got that dwarven artisan. You just sit down and uh, <laughs> stubbornness. Yeah. yeah, I don't care if my hands bleed. I'm gonna paint twenty more guys. Otherwise, yeah. my ancestors will disown me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jens, uh, re regarding when you're painting your savage orcs, how are you gonna do the animal skins? Uh, I'm gonna do try and do like exotic uh, animal skins on the on the big guys. Some of the guys have like the the standard bear has a, a boar yeah. belt on him, so that's not very fun. That's just gonna be boar. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But the champion's got like a, a leopard or something uh, as a cloak, so that would be fun to paint. And then we're gonna do some tiger skins, some uh, some lion stuff. I don't know. Exotic. They've just been to the altar zoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like I, I'm gonna wear you. Get in my belly. 
but I haven't decided how to do the bases yet. I'm uh, thinking I'm going to do some uh, like uh, Badlands uh, wasteland. Uh, yeah, just I just sort of thinking that that would be great. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to do them like an invasion of uh, of Averland because I'm doing some Averlanders for my Empire army. But uh, I don't know. I'm just got, I've just got carried away with the with the Savage Orcs, and I don't think they fit <laughs> in the uh, like Averland stuff. I'm thinking they might just be some guys who hang who hangs out in the in the Badlands doing crazy stuff, fighting other orcs, <laughs> maybe some dwarfs. Yeah, Badlands orcs. It's, it's great. So home yeah. turf. Yeah. And then I'm going to do the, the giant. It's going to be a fun break to not paint green. And the trolls as well. I'm painting them in like a black grayish color. It's the old old stone trolls I got from Jimmy. Yeah. 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 I love the, the stone trolls you made, Jimmy. They're also like yeah. darker gray. It's awesome color scheme. Yeah. They're my favorite trolls with the, the dick noses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always go for the very phallic uh, miniatures it, it's griffin balls and, and dick nose balls it's <laughs> uh, great but that's what uh, i have what have you guys been doing well i've been uh, building a lot of well not a lot but some dwarf treasure hunters for mordheim for my younger brother yeah they look and amazing kit bashing like hell so uh, as you do yeah, as I always do, and I'm uh, as we're recording. I'm currently building my last model for Warband, and the Warband consists of seven dwarfs. Ooh, I wonder what kind Ooh. of story this is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my brother had some requests uh, about me building these guys, and he wanted them to be very inspired by uh, Barding Gorexon from Vermintide and Vermintide Two, spe- specifically. So. The three of the heroes are very based on his three careers in the game. So the leader is is a uh, Ironbreaker, and uh, I used the Ironbreaker model for this conversion. Shortened his beard because they have very long beards, and uh, the dwarf treasure hunters are supposed to be like some of the younger ones, not beardlings, but uh, not not. Yeah, no, no self-respecting old dwarf would go to Mordheim. Yeah. Well, young. well, there, there, there's gonna be one of them in the warband, <laughs> and yeah. So we shortened his beard. We didn't use any of the dwarf hammers because uh, all the hammerheads are really big. Yeah, they so, are. Yeah, so yeah, so so uh, I looked through some bits from uh, from a trade with Chris, and on one of the banner tops from the hammer models, there's a small hammer head where it's, it's like two hammers crossing above the standard and i was like oh yeah yeah these might look really good on a on a model and uh, so it did i will post models I, I i will post these models eventually on our instagram then we have the two two of the slayers one is converted from the the plastic slayer character which is Don't now you mean the, the white dwarf the white dwarf yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> super dick <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the lamest thing they've ever made. Yeah, well, yeah it's like I, I didn't use his head at all. It's like I, I took one of the bald heads from, from the Ironbreaker kit and uh, sculpted my own beard, used some of his original hair and sculpted the rest, and I gave him smaller axes. Uh, there's there's some artwork in the dwarf army books, and in everyone where, where they hold an axe, It'll, the shaft looks really short, and the axe head is really big. So I went for this when I converted the models. Uh, 
also also a shout out to uh, Eastern Empire work in progress on uh, Instagram because his dwarf adventure is actually what started this whole project because my brother saw his conversion on there. So uh, I'm going to add that model to, well, add a link or something to it so so our viewers yeah. can check him out. Yeah, go check out his Instagram. Yeah. Eastern Empire is awesome. Yeah, he's amazing. He's he's like the Goblin King. His Goblin army is like every single model is an individual converted. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's as insane as Jimmy is going to be. Soon, yeah, very soon. Yeah, very soon. Yeah, and uh, we kind of copied off his his dwarf ranger conversion for one of the clansmen for this warband. And uh, the second slayer is made from the plastic Gotrek. And I I gave him a, another beard, a new haircut, and I'm currently giving him a new two-handed axe, which is which is holding up in the air. And uh, then we have my uh, the two thunderers. One of them looks like a hobo with a crossbow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll know what I talk about when you see him. <laughs> Which is also inspired by uh, Barden from Vermintide. And then we have actually the uh, engineer, which I kind of forgot. Uh, he has to look like, like Barden has when he's a ranger in the game. And then there's my current favorite of the warband, the Longbeard. <laughs> the grumpy old guy. Yeah, the grumpy old guy. He's... He, uh, I, I was inspired by a combination of the old 6th edition uh, Longbeards and the Bugman's Rangers models. So he's like a combination of those. He's leaning on his two-handed two axe and waving his fist in the air, grumpily. <laughs> and uh, I sculpted a hood for him, sculpted new boots. He is based on one of the plastic hammerers. And I used a new Gotrek Gurnison head on him, so uh, his beard is long and uh, it's waving in the in the wind. And if it didn't wave in the wind, it would surely reach the ground. So he is fit to be a long beard. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, you, you've been doing a lot of more, and then you started doing some Midnight. Got yeah. super into Midnight, and I was yeah. like, oh yeah, finally Jimmy's gonna it's gonna start here and just like make an <laughs> army in two weeks. <laughs> and then start doing more time again. It's like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not complaining, really, because you're doing, like, a an awesome dwarf warband. Thanks. But, but uh, yeah. when are you doing Midnight? Uh, I'm I'm actually gluing Midnight models. Uh, I'm, uh, mm. I'm, I'm trying to decide what to arm my state troopers with. I have, uh, I've uh, glued the torsos and the legs together. But I haven't chosen if I want them to be armed with halberds or with swords and shields. Yeah, those are oh, the two options. Yeah, <laughs> I would also choose for midnight. Yeah, also I, I kind of really need to make an army list before I dig deep into the, that project. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I have a lot of things for them, and I really need to settle down, write a list, then I know what to paint first. So in the Midnight army list, uh, do yeah. they still have detachments? Yes, you do. Well, maybe do both then. Do some swordsman and halberdier. Mm -hmm. uh, like a halberdier detachment to swordsman. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm actually waiting for a Swedish Swedish eBay auction to end where I'm bidding on another <laughs> box of State Troopers 6th <laughs> yes. edition. 
I'm also actually <laughs> bidding on a box of Slayers. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a ten man box. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, many projects. Like it's so yeah. hard. Them game. All the armies are good. Like you start yeah. thinking about an army and like now nah, probably not. And then the next day you're like, yes, I'm I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm doing that. Uh, we're, yeah, we're, so... we're so easily <laughs> corrupted by our ideas. Yeah. I blame this game. Like this game more than any other has got such like diverse factions. Like all the factions yeah. are their own thing, and they they look and play totally different from each other. Yeah. Oh yeah, we gotta do uh, some Minheim talk soon as well. Yeah, we do. We've been requested by uh, Minheimer on uh, Instagram. Yes, and we shall not. Leave him wanting. Yeah, because we've been chatting a lot about like Minheim and the Minheim list. Yeah, that you're trying to decide if you're if you're doing that list or the the regular Empire one. Yeah, I I I will do a, a Minheimer list first. Then I will add units so I can play them as a normal army list. Yes. Yeah, the, the Minheim so. list is definitely where my vote goes. It's so awesome. Yeah. I, I really need to decide if I want to use great swords or the amazing Teutogen Guard. I really want to use both units, but that's going to be expensive in a list. Yeah. You can always make the list bigger. <laughs> that's <laughs> not untrue. <laughs> oh, I love how Jensis came as the, our inner voice there. <laughs> that's what I usually do. Is like, I can't fit three rare choices in a 2,000 points army, but if I make it 3,000 points... <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you've been up to, Jimmy? You got some no. uh, play play dates planning? Yeah, I have a play date next weekend. Uh, a guy is coming up to visit me, and I'm pulling some of my usual players together and we're gonna have a small campaign that weekend uh, nothing big nothing fancy it's like just gonna hang out play a lot of Mordheim have a lot of fun for two days nice sounds yeah. awesome there will of course be pictures good maybe a live feed we'll see we'll see mm, yeah yeah you had a live feed when, when you guys were playing last time yeah it's really fun yeah. to watch have you started to play any Mordheim yet Nicholas no, so I actually got in touch with a Mordheim group here in London, uh, and then they were going to start a campaign, then I got added to this WhatsApp group, uh, and then I kind of drowned in all the message- messages, so like uh, 20, 30 people in there, and everyone was oh. writing stuff, and uh, at the same time, I got sick, and uh, then I binged Vikings, and then when I got well <laughs> enough, I started painting dwarves because uh, I'm going to this tournament that's in just a few days and I was considering like first I was thinking I should bring my dwarves and just paint my dwarves up till then because it was a while ago that it was announced and then it started to get closer and I was like oh yeah I still have time and then it kind of got to that point like do I really have time should I just play Kislev <laughs> instead and I was like no if you buckle down now then you can still make it I was like oh shit well I better get going then so then when I was recovering from my sickness. I just, when I was still at home, I was just painting all day, all day long, nonstop. These blocks are twenty. So I'm still painting now. <laughs> painting <laughs> the last twenty-man unit of Longbeards, uh, and in total, I've I've have painted like a hundred dwarves in I don't know. Yeah, it's like you, two you, or three you, months. You've been spitting out dwarves constantly, and they've been looking yeah. good. 
Oh yeah, some nice oldies, old models, and you play with them from like the uh, War of the Beard theme list. So yeah, it's the Warriors of a Forgotten Age, just axes and stones. Yeah, it's a really fun theme to to build an army around. Uh, just the 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 dwarvy things <laughs> that I want. Like, <laughs> y- you want guys fighting with axes. That that's like not that newfangled uh, engineering stuff. No, you don't want to stand back and shoot shit with gunpowder and then <laughs> have gunpowder polluting the air. And you want to have that nice mountain air. And it, and it makes your beard smell. Yeah, exactly. You can have that dust in your beard. So yeah, I've been painting these in like a, a gold because. Uh, uh, when I, I was planning on my dwarf project and I was thinking like, should I use old models? Should I use new models? Should I use third party models? And started planning this out like late last year. And then uh, I decided to use my old dwarf models, which I had like a classic childhood collection where you had like 12 longbeards, 13 iron breakers, five miners, uh, ranger command, one bolt thrower, stuff like that. Just nothing really fits together <laughs> as an army. <sighs> so I decided to use the, the base that I had and just get uh, models to complement that. Um, so then I just got new models and made a 2,000 point army. Um, and in, I don't know, March or something, I like got all my old models, put them in alcohol, scrubbed them clean, which is the worst part of the hobby to me. Yeah. Yeah, it is I not agree, fun. I agree. Because uh, like last month, I... I did the same with uh, a Hellblaster that I got from Jens, and that was horrible. Yeah, I've got the... Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't paint that Hellblaster, so I'm innocent. No. Uh, but I got yeah. the, uh, <laughs> uh, the Savage Rocks that I've got. Like, yeah. two-thirds of them go through. If I put them in, in alcohol and scrub them, they come out pretty nice. But then there's some of them <laughs> that look like they're like older pewter stuff, and the paint sticks to them very, very fiercely. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just like given up on them. I'm just gonna try and, and spray over it and see if it if it shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be in the back. But it's like one in three is like impossible to get the paint off. Yeah, yeah. So when I did this, I just did like the entire army in over one weekend. It was terrible. Uh but I'm glad I did it. And then I just modern them all and sprayed them all and just had them ready to paint. So now that I, when I've been painting, I've just been picking out like an entire regiment from this box that I have them in, just standing up and then just get on with it. So it's been fairly straightforward just painting them now. That's been nice. Uh, oh yeah, and the, the gold I'm using is this uh, uh, Vallejo liquid copper. So it's like a really weird uh, pot of paint that I got from this game store that, I don't know, they had dropped it or something. Uh, but I really like it. It's like alcohol base as well, so we'll fuck up your brush. But uh, man, it's, it's worth it. It's very fitting for a dwarf army then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, uh, so this uh, tournament that I'm going to, it's uh, here in England. It's uh, 2,000 points called Reign of Chaos. And uh, it's a 2,000 point tournament, three games on a Sunday in uh, three days. <coughs> and uh, yeah, there are no real restrictions, I think. It's just like no name characters, as most tournaments are. That's why I can't really play Kislev as well, because I would have to use the Tsarina 2,000 points, because I don't have any other lords. Um, and there are three uh, games, and there are different missions each game. So 
The first one will be an 8th edition scenario, actually. Uh, oh. That's about capturing banners. So you have, like, breakpoints. Uh, I think you have, like, 2,000 points. Your breakpoint is 2. And then you have, like, points for... One for each banner and two for your general. Uh, and then, so if I have five banners and a general, I have seven points. And if the enemy kills five banners and then I'm down to two, then I would lose. Uh, so they're using this mission, but instead of just auto-losing, uh, you lose another 500 points uh, at the end of the game. Uh, so that's really interesting. It's going to be fun play a new scenario. And then the second scenario is uh, capture, just get the middle of the board uh, but same there instead of just auto winning you get another 500 points uh, for holding the objective at the end of the game so it's not like straight win or loss so that's pretty cool because it can be a, like a game in a capture mission but then you don't hold objective and then you lose automatically um yeah uh, and the list that i'm bringing uh, is my master engineer harald hammar and uh, two runesmiths, uh, two unit of warriors, 19 strong each, full command, uh, 20 man unit of iron breakers, full command, 20 unit of miners, also full command. It's a big, beefy unit of miners coming on from the side of the board. Uh, 10 rangers, also full command. I was a bit hesitant of using a banner with rangers, uh, but I think it will be fine. And then I got two catapults and two bolt throwers. That is uh, solid. When, when miners enter the board, how do they enter? Uh, like uh, when they have pursued an enemy off the board. So, so is, uh, is it like you first place them with their back at the end of the table, or do they yeah, walk yeah. in from the end? You put them uh, with their back against the, back okay, of the table, so you can, and then they so get you to can walk. like do a conga line. Yeah. So uh, technically, uh, they pursuing units come onto the board in the same formation that they pursued the enemy off the board. If you're coming on from the beginning, then I guess you would have to pick like before the battle begins how you play. Yeah. So yes, if you want to, you could put them <laughs> like as a twenty-man long single column. You yeah. have like a huge line directly across the <laughs> table. March block. <laughs> yeah, and then they will get charged in the side and die. Yeah, I mean, this this is one of the things that are really stupid, and we re really need to have one of these stupid tactics sometime because we've been discussing about <laughs> a night goblin tactic, yeah. and Nicholas has been playing around with the the zombie terror fan. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like, if you could do something this stupid, you could, you like, could put a like a conga line of zombies, like you did with the the night robins that yeah. Jimmy's been let's, thinking about. Yeah, let let's talk about how that thing works. So, yeah. this this is a very stupid tactic for releasing uh, fanatics in turn one. This is fully legal, but it's really stupid. So first, you take like uh, twenty three or twenty five night goblins, preferably with bows. So, so you, so the opponent doesn't think you're stupid for placing all your goblins in a single line. So the first turn, they turn left. That takes about one fourth of their movement. So they have three inches left. Uh, the unit is one guy wide and twenty-three guys deep. And then they make a wheel, which makes the back models wheel up to the enemy front line. 
because the wheeling model moves towards the player's table edge. And this is how you can release goblins with their fanatics in turn one. It's really stupid because the guys in the back move across the table in their wheel. Yeah. And it counts as moving like two or three inches because all models count as having moved as far as the guys in the front. Yeah, it's not only stupid because uh, it's not great. It's also stupid because it just doesn't make fucking sense. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing it at least once during my game career, but I I don't want to do it because it's like it, it's a dick move. It's not a game winning tactic, but it's it's still a dick move. It's like this is stupid. You don't. Yeah, do it's this. just just because it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Like in the game, it's it's not game. <laughs> Like breaking, but it's like it's immersion ending. breaking. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, so what you could do with this that I thought of is that you can do it with zombies, and then you can put like a battle standard bear in there with the banner that gives terror, and then you could kind of do the same thing, but it'd be like a, a terror <laughs> fan. She's so like swing this, and then everyone with six inches of the end of it would have to take a terror test, which is yeah. just really stupid. And then you and... could also grow the formation, like summoning zombies, and you just make yeah. it grow. And people Genius. will be terrified. Genius. Yeah, and, 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 and if, it's, if it's like 40 zombies, they just won't die. Never. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, this is stupid. Um, yeah, that, that's all I can say about it. It's just like... Yeah, it's stupid. Shouldn't be done. <laughs> or should it? <laughs> yeah, Krell, has to, Krell has to try it against my goblins so I can do my thing against him. He should uh, he should get some guys to play eighth edition at his club and you say hey do you want to play sixth edition it's be really fun and then he <laughs> does this thing like oh yeah by the way in sixth edition you have to take terror test or fleet and now I am spinning around uh, I I was just thinking uh, with the the like one uh, wide formation uh, snaking is a rule that is so unclear in this game that what is it. Tell, tell me, what is snaking, Jens? I don't have a fucking clue. Give me, you're the, you're the rules expert. <laughs> I have no idea what sneaking is. Snaking is, it's like, I, I, well, I do know what it is, but it's like, what the hell does it do? <laughs> yes, it's just so unclear. So, it's like, if you're in a formation of one model wide, then the front guy can move with the other guys trailing behind. And that's pretty much what it says in the rulebook. And then there's no explanation for it. We have like, to ask Tuma some time. Yeah, but I read the fifth edition rulebook as well, and then it says basically the exact same thing. But then there's also like a picture of a unit that has like a model with some other models trailing behind. But it's like very unclear. Like, do they just suddenly become skirmishers? And mm. would anyone ever use this? That I've never real. seen it. So I think like if you're playing a, a game with like more high amount of scenery, and you have to get between buildings because it's kind of thinking about it when we were playing our siege battle Jimmy. yeah maybe then you could use it i don't know it's very strange but then, then i was thinking like uh, do you like voluntarily uh, form a snaking unit or would it happen automatically and in that case when you would swing your goblins it would just be like a, a floppy <laughs> a floppy snake instead of a rigid snake. floppy goblin snake yeah <laughs> What's your take? Write into the old world lives and uh, tell us how the fuck is this supposed to, to work? Uh, yeah, I like uh, relearning, relearning sixth edition though. It's, uh, 
because I like that the book, the sixth edition book, is a lot of fun to read, but it's so hard to just find like the specific rules or specific yeah. answers to like rule questions. So you just kind of have to do what makes sense, which in the end I think is better than have like super clear, <laughs> like harsh <laughs> rules. But sometimes it's just like, uh, how, what? Who, who what, went what away? Am I supposed to do? Yeah, I'm back. Oh, come back. Yeah. I just got so excited talking about rules. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to shut down, scream a bit, yeah. and then come back. <laughs> have I talked about the the seventh edition extra attack rule on here? No. That in the seventh edition rule book, if you if you have an extra hand weapon, you get oh, special, yeah. you get the special rule extra attack, and then you have to go look in the rule book. What, what is the special rule extra attack? <laughs> and then it says this gives you plus one attack. <laughs> Oh, oh wow! Thank you. Why did, it, rule book. why did it have to be? Isn't it the same in the eighth edition? I, I don't know. I haven't looked that far. But it's like I mean, just just say that an extra hand weapon gives you an extra attack and be done with it. Well, how that, much clearer do you need to be? Yeah, that's like their their first attempt at uh, like universe special rules because there were special yeah. rules in uh, sixth edition, but it's not uh, that many, and yeah. they didn't really give it to a lot of units. Uh, and then they used made more and more of it in 40k as well yeah but then people kind of exploited the special rules that you transfer the special rules from one thing to another and now they have just what's it called like keywords yeah something like that so you have to have like it's a good game mechanic but it's still a lot of reading and stuff yeah so yeah uh oh yeah so uh, i had three test games with this army uh couple of weekends ago at friend's place uh he played empire and i played this 2000 point dwarf army uh i brought shame upon myself and i brought an unpainted regiment the regiment that i'm painting right now Boo. yeah i know i am ashamed uh but it's nice you should shave dwarves. your head <laughs> dye it orange grow uh, a beard i'm, I'm trying desperately <laughs> uh so we played three games just uh, two pitch battles and a capture uh he played empire he had a griffin a cannon pistoliers two units of knights a bunch of dudes with halberds and bows and crossbows and spears rabble classic empire rabble and uh, uh it was nice playing dwarves i haven't played dwarves since uh, like 2006 maybe so i thought it would be good to have a practice some practice games before going into a, like a 2000 point tournament and i really went in the deep end here because like i barely played kislev at 2000 points and now i'm playing 2000 points with a brand new army just uh, like that yeah and, and uh, how did it feel felt great it's really nice playing dwarves very different from playing kislev as well because uh, you don't kislev, say kislev is like yeah you deploy your army but you can move to the other side of the table instantly like you deploy your light cavalry and, like just because they're deployed there doesn't mean that they're gonna stay there they're just gonna ride away first turn and be some from a completely different and then the enemy would have to react to it but dwarves is like you deploy and that's where you're staying the rest of the game you're just gonna have to try and make the enemy come to you uh or just advance slowly and try and capture some table quarters or something uh so i try to make this army not too gunliney I still wanted to be able to do something, but still have enough shooting to make the enemy come to me. 
in a duel. And you got the the war machines and then the uh, uh, the rangers, right? Yeah, yeah. So two bolt throwers, two stone throwers, and ten rangers. Yeah, I'd say that's not over the top at all. That's just just enough to to force someone to come to you in two thousand points, but it's not too much. Yeah. And the, the, I focus especially on war machines. So I don't have a lot of like close range shooting, like handguns and stuff like that. But like if I come up against a gun line, then I will have like long range superiority. So I can win a gun, like a war machine duel, but I will, would not win a, like a shootout at close range against darkness and stuff like that. Uh, so my plan with this is, as I said, to win like a war machine duel. <laughs> and the Empire player had a cannon. Uh, maybe I had a mortar as well, actually, or maybe a hellblaster. I can't remember uh, that game. Uh, but my plan was that if I have first turn, then I'm gonna try and snipe his war machines first turn, and after that, I would have to focus on his mobile units like knights and stuff. Uh, so I got first turn, uh, didn't really move much, and then on my first grush thrower shot, I aimed at his cannon. And since my engineer was there, I got to uh, guess twice. Uh, so he doesn't give any rerolls in this book. It just allows you to guess twice. Uh, so I guessed, and the first guess was way off. And the second guess was bang on his cannon. And then I rolled to scatter, and I scattered. But I've upgraded this uh, stone thrower with rune of accuracy. So I get to reroll the scatter die. So I reroll it, and it was a hit. And then I had to wound. So a war machine is tough to seven, and uh, stone thrower is strength eight. In the the small hole, but I've also upgraded it with rune of penetrating. So it's plus one strength. So I needed Dang two to wound, and I rolled a two. It's just nice, perfect. And then uh, it does d6 wounds, and I rolled a four, destroying his cannon instantly. <laughs> it's the money shot. Just. So many upgrades uh, and planning just went perfectly. And it never happens. Like when you're building an army, oh yeah, I have this plan of this perfect situation happening. And it actually yeah. does. It is one single situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just imagine like the cannon crew as well. Like, ha, look at those dwarves. Still using stone throwers. What is this? The year 1565. You Luddites. <laughs> you plebs. Yeah. And then you smack their cannon instantly. Uh, and then in the second turn, his knights moved up. I kind of missed them with the stone throwers. Third turn, they moved around the flank. And this time I hit him straight on and kill like four knights uh, of the inner circle. And the rest fled off the table. Nice. Scores. And... Uh, his empire general went up the other flank, uh, chased off a unit of warriors, uh, along with a unit of knights helping him. Was it, that, oh, uh, I was going to ask if it was by terror or by combat resolution. Combat. Dwarves don't flee. Come on. Leadership uh, 9, baby. Command me all day. Uh, so uh, he chased them off, so he kind of held that flank. And then my miners came on and uh, charged his knights. And one against his knights. So I got rid of both of his units of knights and his uh, war machines. And then his infantry was just running up the middle, taking fire from my bolt throwers and taking fire from some stone throwers. And like making empire troops take leadership tests is devastating in 6th edition. Yeah, they are not that brave. Yeah, leadership 7 everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah. so they were just running and then maybe rallying. But then they lost like a whole turn of moving forward then moved forward and then took another test and fled again. So they really need someone to hold their hand while advancing up the line. Yeah. So uh, was it a lot? Was it mostly by panic tests? Yeah. 
planet test from War Machine Fire kind of did all of it. Yeah, I I heard that I need that I need to use uh, seneschals in uh, in the Middenheim list. They make the units they join immune to psychology. Yeah. yeah. There you if, go. If you don't, if you don't have that, uh, putting your general on a griffin and sending him down one flank, you need to have someone hold the the other guy's hands while yeah. he does that. If yeah. you put him on a on a griffin and keep him in the center, he can help a lot, but he won't do much fighting. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I got a an empire book recently, and I've been thinking uh, of maybe putting like a, a warrior priest in like the the main advance unit or something like that. Sounds like uh, a sound idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. So leadership eight. So it's just one more, but still, yeah. still better than seven. Yeah. What, when yeah. I play my Kislev as well, like they're leadership seven and eight, but the ones that are leadership eight, I don't really worry about them breaking. But when they're leadership seven, like I, I always worry about them breaking for some reason, even though it's not that big of a difference. Do you know how I feel when I roll my leadership five? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's poor gobos. Uh, so yeah, that game ended in a minor victory for the dwarves. Was it a minor victory? <laughs> it was a minor victory. Miners did all of it. Like they came up and saved one flank. So first, I thought the miners like maybe I should just do some like a ten-man unit for war machine hunting. Uh, but having like an entire unit of miners coming up and like ready for battle. Anywhere you want is really good, and it Jeez. looks and it looks amazing too. Yeah, like I love those models. I just bought twenty because they're so good looking. So didn't really matter how many can you. Uh, but just being able to to come on come on to the flank that the enemy has decided to attack is just so useful. Uh, and they can charge when they come in, but you can really prevent an enemy from charging somewhere. Yeah, and, uh, the, and the block of twenty with full command is uh, is a really scary prospect to to face. You probably won't have yeah. your best, best uh, ranked up combat units right on the flanks. The stuff you send on the flanks is usually like hard hitting glass cannon units, and I'm betting they won't don't want to face twenty angry minor dwarves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they have like heavy armor and great weapons, and yeah. the typical dwarvish stat lines. Yeah. yeah, dangerous stuff. Yeah, strength strength five and leadership nine. Is four, yeah, they're good. Wep- and weapon skill four. Yeah. 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 Dwarf stat lines are really good. My war machines got charged several times, but uh, <laughs> by like skirmishing archer units, like <laughs> but ten, ten man strong or something. So I thought that they would lose actually, but they they won every time. Yeah, they are Get pretty decent. Get, Get away from my stone thrower. Yeah. <clears throat> so the second game we played uh was capture mission uh, so i just put all my dwarf in the middle and then he put all his empire in the middle pretty much and just charged forward he had first turn so he just kind of moved up his cavalry and just stood on the objective from turn one and then everything engaged to the front as i wanted it to but he had like two units for each of my units in combat and he had just good buffs he had like inner circle knights with a, a battle standard and then he had like a a really clever thing. He had like a a big block of uh, spearmen with the Griffin banner, and then they had uh, just a detachment of halberdiers. Mm, and the Griffin stuff. banner gives you like double your rank combat resolution. So if you have three ranks, then instead of getting three, you get six yeah. combat resolution. Uh, the downside is that they can't pursue an enemy, but oh, their detachment no. can. Yeah. Uh, that's a sneaky trick. Yeah, yeah so uh, really, a really good you. sneaky trick. Yeah, thank you for teaching me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like I did more wounds than him, like two more, and then like 
he said, oh yeah, I have the Griffin standard. So I went by three or something. And then uh, first time my dwarves held, but then the next round my dwarves broke and uh, got run down by attachment. Uh, and in the middle, my Ironbreakers lost the Ancestors and the Circle Knights that were helped with something else. Uh, my uh, Rangers did manage to like mow down an entire Pistolier unit crossbows, which is pretty epic. But in the end, he held the middle and won that game. Um, yeah, so I think if I play capture, it really d- depends if I have the first turn or not, I think, because you really need to be there fast with Wars. Uh, and the third game was another just pitch battle. Uh, I depl- deployed more in a corner this time. The first battle I deployed kind of a straight line, but a bit further back. But now I castle up properly, and uh, he sent a bunch of infantry in the middle, uh, which is my left flank, and then to my right flank, uh, along the table edge, he sent his two units of knights just charging down. And I deployed uh, a bit further back so that he would have to make three moves to charge me across the table. And uh, luckily, my miners showed up turn two. So I advanced up the, the warriors in that flank and put the miners in front of him as well. Uh, so he had like his full unit of knights standing off against a block of dwarves each. And he was like, he's pretty happy because he had like one versus one. Uh, but then I was kind of banking on my war machines to decimate the knights. And they sure did. It's perfect hit with the stone throwers. Got like three knights out of each unit. Uh, so when they did charge, they had lost their outnumber and they had lost their rank bonus. So my dwarves just won against them. Both of them fled. And then the next turn, neither of them rallied and just fled off the board. So the humble dwarf secured the flank. And then his infantry is charging down the middle, uh, took war machine fire the entire way. Like they advanced all the way up to like uh, six inches away from my war machines. And my stone throw was just firing point blank and just devastating them. And then they fled as well. It's just a, a classic defensive dwarf battle. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, those are three games. So hopefully I will have some experience for this, this tournament. Still only played three games total with my dwarves. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a lot of fun. Do you know how many participants there will be? Uh, 16, I think. That is pretty uh, good. Yeah. And you get a good mix of, uh, of armies as well. Yeah. Uh, like, I am very spoiled living in England now because 6th uh, edition is really big here. Like, there's a lot of players everywhere. Uh, so, yeah, you have uh, an event uh, now uh, in November and then we'll have another Albion event in January and then uh, I'm going to host uh, like a 1,000 point uh, beginner event in February and then there's another 2,000 point tournament in March. So it's just endless events right now. So spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you need you guys need to uh, get something going in Sweden. I saw actually that uh, my old game club in uh, Fallen are hosting uh, an eighth edition tournament. Ooh, I've seen some people talking about doing some sixth edition stuff as well. So we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, you guys need to uh, at least uh, plan another game day. We should, we should. Maybe if you get your Empire stuff painted, and I get my work stuff. Goblin, yeah, yeah, we could have a massive. Uh, we get stuff done. Yeah, we can. We sure can. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty much done with my dwarf talk. I'm still painting the shields right now. Just got the 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 runes left to paint on the shields, and then I need to do some gems on the soldiers. These old long beards are so fancy. They just got like 
All the nicest equipment everywhere. Gems on their weapons. Gems on their armor. Crazy. Do you know what I'm sculpting? Gems? No. But close. <laughs> Slayer crotch. <laughs> oh, that is close. The family jewels. No. All right. Do we have anything? Uh... Oh, yeah. New stuff. Is there new stuff? Yeah, it's like it's it's new but old. Uh, it's the the Chaos Warriors that showed off. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's like I love them. Yeah, they're perfect. They're gonna they're gonna be hard to rank up, but since they keep the old aesthetics but just lively poses on these new Chaos Warriors, you can mix, or you yeah. can build a unit with it's like small unit fillers. Yeah. Guy, three three guys in a. 550 times 50 millimeter base not my kind of style but i would accept it so yeah. these guys yeah if you make it look cool then then it's yeah. okay but it yeah. has to be cool yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like uh well you get the uh, 10 in that box right so you could use like uh three in a unit and then you just have one of them as an aspiring champion or something and you just put them like in the front rank perfect i love them the to like the the first thing in a long time coming out to Age of Simmer is like, yes, hell yes, this is so good. I was feeling like this when they showed off the Goblin releases, like all the new squeaks and everything. Ooh. Yeah, that was also pretty good. And I feel it again. But yeah, so also, there's new Chaos Knights, and uh, these knights are pretty balls. Amazing. Superb. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of detail badass. on them. Yeah, they look really badass. It's a lot of detail on them, uh, which is going to be hard to paint. But yes, yeah, like the models are still amazing. There's yeah. a lot going on on them. But I hope they can rank up as well. I, yeah, I mean, the bigger. The like the the recent Chaos Knights are not easy to rank up in the first place from whatever. No. Also, they look ugly. Yeah, they're... I like the old old metal ones, but yeah, yeah, yeah. like the the sixth edition Chaos Knights. I have like sixteen of those guys, and uh, I love them. I will most like to feel them in my own Chaos Army, but <laughs> these new knights would be perfect chosen Chaos Knights. Oh yeah, yeah, mm, totally. yes. Yeah, just uh, just waiting on uh, Jimmy's sixteenth army project. Yeah, <laughs> one day we will see them. One day. I mean, it's, it's, it's like gonna be, it's, it's gonna be easy to paint them. It's like it, it's kind of like how you paint Iron Hands in 30k. Yeah, I'm I'm not arguing. I do play Iron Hands <laughs> in 30k. <clears throat> uh, I'm not gonna say it's easy to paint them, but it's easy to paint them. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna argue. <laughs> like after painting uh, like dwarves and Kislev now, it is like a, a different uh, uh, way of painting, a different technique, but it it does go faster than painting like three layers of every damn color that you're painting. So just to clarify, Jimmy, your future army projects include a Middenheim army, a, a Kurgan army, a, a Chaos, for those that didn't know. Uh, a dwarf army, and... Uh, uh, have Bretonians in a box? <laughs> of <course>. Yep. What's uh, your shape? What, what else? What else do you have? What else do I have? Orcs? Um, you haven't yeah. finished your works yet? I haven't finished them. Uh, there's a lot of works in the little box here. Uh, <laughs> I should paint them, but yeah. 
uh, I, I think I'm gonna go with the Middenheimers. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you just Painting need a lot a, of green this year. Just need the 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 inspiration. Like once you get the inspiration, yeah, it's just yes. nonstop painting. Yeah, it's like it it it's really how my Night Goblin project started. It was like first it was like, dude, this is not fun. But once that once you reach reach this point where it's like, yeah, I I really want to do this. When you reach it, just grab onto it and follow it. Yeah. And then you're just painting, 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 painting. Yeah. And then you realize, like, shit, I should eat something. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you go and eat something. And then you're just, like, eating while standing, just looking at the, the painting desk. And then you're like, oh, what, what should I paint next? Which color? And then you sit down and just continue painting. It's the best. Yeah. Also, I, I do have this crazy idea to either revisit my old Skaven army or start a new one. <laughs> Why not both? Ooh. I found one of my old models here on the desk, actually, from uh, Skaven Army. And uh, I think Nicholas likes them. It's it's not the Rat Swarm, because I have maximized my Rat Swarm. So, Nicholas, what do you think it is? A Rattling Gun? Yes! Oh, I have God two damn. more. Uh, let, you, I, you always I, actually, like... <laughs> I actually painted up one like uh, a, a month and a half ago. So I have two Rattling Guns now. Yay! Like when when you hear that you're playing Skaven, you imagine like, oh, that's gonna be cool, just endless rat swarms running towards me with low leadership. It's gonna be a good fight. What it actually ends up being is just like endless shooting, and you're like, wait, wait, is this is this Empire I'm playing? <laughs> it's like a a hybrid Empire dwarf army. It's just they're fast and they shoot. <laughs> yeah, it's rattling guns, and warp lightning, and you can't target them, and uh, uh and they just sails. Yeah. There are skirmishers for some yeah unexplainable reason. Some, yeah, yeah, I know. It's like three sixty around. What the hell? Yeah, and the, minus the, one to hit them. Yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. Well, I think my dwarves will be better equipped to deal with the the vermin than my kissel at least. Yeah, they will. But knowing my dice rolling, you're gonna die. <laughs> I mean, like, well, come on. You you've seen me shoot with my rattling guns. It's like tremendous amount of hits yeah that's what they do yeah and like whenever a crazy result happens like you roll a double <laughs> yeah. it's never really satisfying like nothing really nope. that came inside <laughs> just like the miscast table though. i wish yeah. the miscast table was more perilous yeah it was in uh seventh or eighth edition i think but who plays those editions anyway <laughs> yeah um uh, yes do you play any eighth edition at all did he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I uh, was away for so long that I my phone locked me out of Discord. Yeah, I did play some <laughs> some eighth edition, uh, but it has been a while. But I think but are uh, you planning your you're planning your Empire Army for eighth edition or uh, yeah, Suedo yeah. eighth slash sixth? Yeah, I want to use some some Griffin Knights. They're actually like cool that. models. Uh, I mean, if you, if you really want to use Griffin Knights in uh, in sixth edition, you could use the. Uh, Oh God! There was some kind of the some ogres, kind of ri- the Rhinos yes, riders. Yeah, not. I I think they made two versions of them. Uh, one version was the the forceful ones, and I think they made like generic ones that you could convert yourself. Hmm. I know Chris linked me some rules earlier, and, and I was like, yeah, it's like 
leadership seven, so they're not as brave as the normal knights, but they have like three wounds, strength five, three attacks, they're heavy hitters. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. So uh, would you be interested in going to the tournament in Sweden? Uh, I'm not uh, committing to any uh, tournaments or events uh, until uh, maybe late next year. Mm-hmm. So... Is this fantasy only or are we talking 30k as well? Uh, we're talking uh, everything. Every... It's life. Yeah, unless I get to host something myself so I can be in control. Build it and they will come. Yeah, yeah. I've got some uh, I've got some space. I can fit like if it's summer, I can fit like four tables at least on my porch. Well, there you go. Just yeah. Make an event, make it a thing. Yeah, have porch, some uh, porch hammer. Some pool party and uh, sixth edition. Oh, and some barbecue. Yeah, why not? Let's I do like it. The idea of this. <laughs> Yeah, just throw up an event on Facebook. People will come. And maybe then I will have painted so, some more works, hopefully. Yeah, you can make yeah. it a even sacking of Solan or something. Yeah, yeah, maybe Ooh. I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, Good idea. Was the 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 book that Forshwalls was supposed to release uh, that never got released uh, was was the, the Battle for Blackfire Pass, right? Which was like the the eight hundred and eleventh Battle for Black Pass or something. So it was, it was set in the modern the, the modern age of Wormer, right? Yeah, yeah. It it was supposed to be where Carl Franz faces this great orc warlord. Uh, was that in the stories before they started writing this somewhere, or did they make up the story? I don't know. I think it's. Uh, I know that in uh, Total Warhammer Two, they talk about uh, him not taking up Galmaras until he fights the the orc warboss in the Blackfire Pass. But in the sixth edition Empire rulebook, there's a story about him fighting that orc boss at Blackfire Pass, and he has Galmaras. So I don't know which came. What was in the even earlier fluff? I think it's been it's been changed a few times, even if. Uh, maybe Total Warhammer 2 is not canon they've at least changed the, the story a bit uh, Marius Lightdorf isn't he the or was he the Elector Count of Everland Everland okay yeah. yeah yeah and he died like moments before Carl Franz arrived or was it uh, yeah well he died before his army could arrive there yeah so Carl Franz wasn't able to save him yeah, I'm reading a book now it's uh, the book about the uh, the Empire Banner Bearer, what's his name? Uh, Schwarzelm. Yeah. Ludwig Schwarzelm. Yeah, uh, s- sort of something. It's not a great book. That's why I can't remember anything about it. It's just, it really feels like they, they wrote this book to promote the new army book and the new model. Like, yeah, oh, if, we... if you want to read the Empire books, read the, uh, there's a like uh, collection omnibus of Empire stories. The first two books are pretty good. I couldn't get through the, the third one. Is it the Knights of the Empire? No, it's. I think it's just called Empire. Hmm. It's got a decent, decent book about a, an engineer, and it's got a decent book about some halberdiers, and then it's got a pretty shitty book about a warrior priest. <laughs> the first two ones warrior are pretty good. Warrior priests are cool. Yeah, not this one. Aww. Or maybe it, it gets good. I couldn't get more like than more than ten pages in. <laughs> Little did you know that a book really started to get interesting. Yeah, yeah, but I'll I'll send a link. Yeah, I've got the, the the ebook version of it. All right, nice. Yeah, I got recommended uh, the Knights of the Empire as well. Apparently, that's a good collection as well. Yeah, and if you want some more Empire stuff and Kisler stuff, Riders of the Dead is a pretty good book. Yeah, yeah. still my favorite fantasy book. Uh, they re-released uh, uh, Brunner now as well. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I'm I'm actually gonna try to get in get into those series. 
Have you not read it before? No, I haven't. Awesome. Good for you, because that's like my favorite fantasy book. It is really good. So you follow this that as well. You follow this bounty hunter that just travels around lots of places. So you see a lot of the the world, and you see it's from like one guy and not just like on a battlefield all the time. So it's, it's really good. Really love it. Uh, did read it when I was seventeen, so maybe my my youthful mind. That's made just it last year or something, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I love those books. It's like three books uh, and that one omnibus. Great read. Uh, what other books have we read recently? I've been uh, going through the, the Gotrick and Felix books. Yeah, same, read, same. Yeah, I haven't read them before, so it's a, it's an eye-opener for me. Yeah, same here. I, I finished reading the first three a while back, so I need to continue. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I I'm finished on reading... Demon Slayer right now. I, I oh, finished so Demon Slayer like two weeks ago, and uh, I, I'm thirsting for more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what, one of the, uh, the audiobook, uh, the, the new one, the, uh, the Ghoul Slayer. And it's, uh, it's okay. I, I won't say more than that. It's not good. It's not bad. It's, it's okay. But that's that in Age of Sigma, right? Oh, yeah. 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 No, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Do, do all the other Gothic and Phoenix books first. And then maybe, <laughs> maybe if you're still thirsty for more Gothic, then you can look into that. I think I'm just going to try and read the, all the ones from the original author, William King, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I've heard that his books are the best, and then the rest are like, okay, afterwards, and then they just get worse. So I'm just going to stick to the best stuff, because I ain't got time to read that many books. Cause it just like takes a couple of weeks for me to read a book, and in that time, I'd rather just read the best because there are a lot of fantasy books out there. Yeah. 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 Read so, something yeah. that's uh, that's gonna be worthwhile at least. Something. Something that captures you. It's like I yeah. was. I really loved reading uh, Demon Slayer because when I was at the uh, Ninja Sex party, uh, <laughs> when when they were, yeah, that's no further explanation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a band. Uh, look them up. It's like a comedy band. And uh, when I was standing in line, I'm like. Fuck this shit! I'm gonna continue reading. So I was standing in the line, reading the book. It's like my phone is almost dead. <laughs> I need to pass time somehow. So yeah, I started to read the book, and I finished it on the way home. It's like, yes, perfect, perfect ending. Yeah. True, true Gothic. So, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna say one thing. I'm not finished with you yet. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so do you finish this one as well? Yeah, no, I'm barely halfway through. Ah, well, I, I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm plowing through them. I, I get, I'll, I'll get through it this week, probably. Nice. Then maybe we three can start reading the next book together. Ooh, yeah. a book book. Yay. Yay. <laughs> book club. I bet uh, Chris has read all Kotrick and Felix books twice. Most likely. I will not take you up on that bet because I will lose money if I do. <laughs> Man, this right. sucks. I, I, I almost finished my Slayer. He's missing his right hand. <clears throat> because I can't find a fucking right hand that's like clenching a fist. I have a lot of left hands doing that thing, but not any right hands. Well, can't help you. Sorry. Uh, I... I am gluing the shields on right now. They're done. Painting all the runes. Nice. Takes a damn while to do. Uh, The last wash on my night goblins and call it night. Nice. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I just need to uh, do one final gold highlight on the shield once they're glued on. And then it's nothing left to do but painting the rims of the base. That's it. And then pack him. And then be ready for battle in three days. Sweet. Yeah, that's going to be fun for you. You never said what, what runes you put on your characters. Oh, you yeah. Do tell. Do mm -hmm. tell. Maybe, yeah, this probably won't be out until after. So... Uh, on my engineer, he's got nothing because <laughs> it's just there too. Uh, yeah. So f at first, I was gonna give him the rune of the furnace, uh, just if someone tries to snipe him with uh, like a conflagration or doom or something. But then I thought, nah, I, I just have so much mag magic resistance anyway. So yeah, I got two rune smiths. One of them has got digging uh, oh, through that pile. Got to find that right hand. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still so listening. <laughs> One of them has got the Master Rune of Balance, best rune there ever was, which takes a power dice from your enemy and gives you another dispel dice. Very useful. Yeah. And the second runesmith has got the Spell Eater rune, which is like a dispel scroll. Om nom 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 nom. But if you use it on a 4+, plus, the, the wizard can't cast a spell again. Yeah, so it's pretty good against, uh, like, if I ever come up against Comet of Cassandora or something. Yeah. And, Dispelling it first turn and on a four plus, he can't try it again, saving my precious slow dwarf line. And uh, they both got shields and rune of stone, so they got a one plus armor saving close combat. And uh, yeah, that's the runes they got. And then the war machines, uh, both the stone throwers have got the rune of accuracy and penetrating. One of them's got like a flaming rune, and uh, one of the bolt throwers he got plus one strength. So the first games I played, I had the other ball thrower at plus one strength and uh, like a two plus to hit once per game instead of giving the second stone thrower some runes. But after playing those two games, I realized that stone throwers is where it's at. You need to boost them because they, yeah, they are very, very useful. devastating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like if you get a solid hit against a unit of spearmen, it's a lot of spearmen dead. And plus one strength is so good because you go up to strength five, so it's two to hit, uh, to wound instead of threes. And that goes for knights as well. And it's no armor save under the entire template to use nuking knights. Good night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pun intended there as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to have another test game uh on saturday so the day before so we're gonna try that uh the the banner scenario cool oh do you have any magic banners in your army oh yeah, yeah. the the iron breakers have got the the rune of battle so it's just plus one to combat resolution uh the, the dwarves have a lot of cool uh banner runes but most of them are at like 60 points or above so you can't yeah. really take them on the units so you need a bsb yeah, like even the the rune that makes a unit stubborn is 60 points, and the point limit is 50 points for any unit you can take a runic battle. Yeah. So you can never take it unless you have a battle standard bearer to just get stubborn, which is like, well, it's a bit pointless when I can take a better rune. Uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to trying out the, the War of the Beer list, where, where they increase the, the rune limit. Okay, I think, uh, do, do we have anything else to talk about? Nope. All right, well, it's been a nice uh, general fantasy chat while we all hobby away. It's, uh, it's always nice to have like a, a solid theme to talk about. It's also nice to just talk about what we're doing in fantasy right now. Getting stuff done. Brothers and sisters, with me. For Althuan, for the Phoenix Throne, 
for the Ever Queen and for Asurian. Rene, formerly Tull Eris fan number one, professing his true allegiance. November 19, 2019. So we have lost a Jens, but we have gained a Chris. Woo! Yay! Totally so, downgrade. To be, to, to be honest, this one is nicer. He doesn't call me things, and he doesn't talk about griffin balls all the time. <laughs> oh dear. Given that I haven't listened to the previous section, I fear how much I have to edit this one. <laughs> or there's also always the useful, it hasn't been edited properly. Just be advised. Yeah, we're going to go with that one, I think. Yeah, so... What a weekend. We recorded oh, yeah. the first part on Thursday, I think. Yeah. The same day that they did the teaser for the, like, uh, everything comes around even squares. And we were just talking like, oh, what can this be? Uh, will this be <laughs> like round, uh, square to round converters? And how wrong were we? Yeah, at least I know that we had in, the, in chat, we talked about how good it would be just to have a small limited print run of square bases of different sizes that you could buy. <laughs> Yeah. To be fair, oh. that would still be good. Yeah, so our expectations were pretty low. Yeah. And uh, what we got changes everything. I mean, yeah. bringing back the game that we love in uh, a while. Yeah, uh, so like two to three or maybe more years, but hey, it's coming back. Okay. Yeah. It's a quote, not soon. Yeah. Uh, I, for one, I'm pretty, pretty glad that it's going to be yeah. a while. Because uh, a lot of people here have used started playing 6th edition again and like we really got a thing going and if they would have dropped like oh this uh, this christmas rob schneider is sigma <laughs> uh, it would have been that wouldn't be his worst role <laughs> it would have been a lot to wrap your head around and like i got this thing planned for january there's several events planned for next year uh so now like i feel like people are gonna have time to really explore uh, the old editions before the new one comes out. I'm really glad. Uh, I do know that like a lot of people are like, give it to me now. Let's bring it out tomorrow. And... It's like an avocado. <laughs> you need to wait for it to be ripe to enjoy it. And then you have to catch it in that exact moment when it's perfect or it's yeah. just overripe and it starts to go brown. Yeah, and then what guac is going to be bad. Yeah, so what? They're gonna wait like seven years, and everyone will be screaming <laughs> at them. Bring it out! And then it's just an overripe game. And then yeah. they just have a, a quote that is basically, "Don't you guys have phones?" Because that was the feeling I had before when we just posted a trailer that it could just be like the Diablo Immortal announcement at BlizzCon last year. You think? I didn't see that. They, it was basically, "Oh, this is the game you have been waiting for," and they started teasing with a Diablo tra trailer, and then it turns out it's a mobile game. Oh, yeah. That's basically just a reskin of a game that already exists. Yeah, maybe it's just a Total War 3 ad in that. Oh no, it's just it's just literally Stormcast on Square Bases. Yeah, uh, I'm very optimistic though. Uh, it's I think be we fun all to are. See. Yeah, I think the, talking to some people, some people are like pretty skeptical towards Games Workshop. And with all right, I mean, they did destroy it in the first place. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be... Some very interesting years. And it's going to feel a bit like it's going to change uh, the podcast. It's going to be like everything we do will be kind of in the lead up to the re-release. Yeah. Episode 33. It's still not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a yeah. lot of people are excited for fantasy now as well. Like you, you could see yeah. 
like the, the activity online was just insane like there there were posts every second it felt like so yeah nice to see and probably there's going to be a lot more interest in the, the old editions now as well like people want to get back in the game you can see that as well in different uh, like facebook groups that people were talking about fantasy in general and like now is to get an army done and play the old editions that i can use it in the new it's probably yeah uh, i think the model support is what people are really looking forward to as well yeah because even if against all odds the new edition isn't for everyone you can still play your favorite edition i'm just saying that i hope it's a good edition yeah it's uh games workshop have always like their strong suit has always been their models and their lore like the yeah but it isn't it like every other edition is the bad one in fantasy and yeah. six, six was fourth was really played, six was really played, and eight was really played. So Yeah, pretty much. Let's hope they break that little jinx. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well Age of Sigmar, you could say that, that was Yeah. The but to, after. To that's on a second edition because the first one wasn't good. Because <laughs> it wasn't an edition. It was just a pamphlet. <laughs> I would. I really hope that uh, you know take this uh, time and really work through it. Looks what can be updated, what can be kept from the old editions, because there are some archaic stuff that might be possible to take out of the game without ruining the feel of it all. Hopefully, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Now it's a fresh start as well, because before they always kind of advanced the rules a bit, but now they really have a, a clean slate to just do anything really. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be very interesting. Uh, what do you guys think? Like, when will it be set? Will it be set in the the age of Carl Franz, or will they change the timeline? Since they're already doing it as like an historical game. Well, it won't be. Uh, hopefully, because so, so, I said it would be to Age of Sigmar what the heresy was to 40k. Yeah, and that would be the end times if they go literally with that. Yeah, I don't, uh, yes. I don't hope it's that. Because that's when all the like the stories came together, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was when the old world ended and the new worlds began. Yeah, I was yeah, I was thinking like the like the all the characters were in that though. Like if you really yeah. wanted to tie it in with Sigmar, like Nagash came back and yeah. But if they're gonna do that, they could that. just put it in the mortal realms with, during the first realm gate war, wars when Sigmar and the other gods were forming the new universe. Basically, because yeah, those are also in, as a time of legends in the Age of Sigmar universe, which is the f- first grand wars and all of that. But I don't think they're going to do that because I said it was being in the old world after all. Yeah, <laughs> like they, they can't back out now. Imagine they're like, oh yeah, we're bringing back uh, fantasy or whatever. And then they just bring out like that war. That is yeah. pretty much interesting. That would be, oh, there would be riots. Yeah. Uh, riots in yeah. Birmingham. If they would want to set it in uh, one of the bleaker eras, it could be set up before one of the larger chaos incursions. Yeah, I would love I mean, for I them love to, to do it in uh, during Magnus the Pious. That would be yeah, yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for for those that don't know about that time period, uh, so now it's twenty five something with Karl Franz. Twenty five, twenty uh, something. I don't know. And uh, Magnus the Pious was around twenty three oh two, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was two hundred years before. Yeah. So that, that was the the Great War against Chaos. So they empire was split up with the during the age of the three emperors which most often was more than three contenders to the the throne of the empire yeah, yeah. no one was working together and then uh asvar kul attacked from the north so he was the ever chosen of that time 
the predecessor to our chaos. So there, there have been several throughout the ages. Yeah. And he just went rampaging through Kislev. And he's the guy who, who fucked up Prague and just yeah. made people fuse with the walls and stuff like that. But that, that's also there uh, where some accounts say that the Norse dwarfs were dis- destroyed or yeah. just depending on which book you read. In one of the one of them, they're destroyed, as we talked about in the dwarf episode. And another ones, they're still there. So you could uh, possibly include uh, more stories about those clans and stuff when you're doing. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that could, that uh, wouldn't make sense is uh, the involvement of some of the other races. But if they do it, Harry's style, it will be several campaign books and not just one. And that would make also make sense if they either do it like highlights from the history, like a War of the Beard book or. Uh, yeah, but I mean, in the the like sixth edition setting, like you have Storm of Chaos, but yeah. the entire edition isn't focused on that as well. No, no. I, mean, I was just saying that if they were going to do it in the Harris style, it could be you have an overarching plotline in in one of these chaos incursions, or you could do it uh, like highlights from the history. And I hope it's more of an overarching tied together story than. Uh, highlights of the past yeah uh, so as uh, some hopefully all of you know uh, all of us play heresy as well and we're really keen on the kind of campaign style books that they made and i know like i think most people that played fantasy before and haven't really dabbled in horse heresy are skeptical towards if fortwold would take charge of this uh but us to play heresy i think are really excited about the prospect because they've done an amazing job with horse heresy the, the announcement did say uh, the warhammer studio though what team in the warhammer yeah. studio no oh, right so it's probably it's probably still specialist games but they're not fortwold proper how all of this is organized on the other hand it's probably needs like a dark room and a wall just filled with uh, papers and red string to figure out who's who's doing what uh, yeah, I wonder how many people they have and who's uh, who's there. It's like, if there are any writers that you it's, would it's just Dave, It's just Dave and he's, he has 18 projects. <laughs> and I would love if they would just rehire Pyrenean for this. That would be the ultimate dream. I, I would love that they, if they just reached out to the community at large and just asked people what they would want from this game. Because if they just ask a few people, we might end up with a tournament game or might end up with a game that it's not really set in a way that people want, that people really prefer to play. Yeah, you know, I think they're going to go with the same kind of thing they did with the Age of Sigmar 40k and things. Narrative, open play, and match play. So they basically going to talk to tournament players and do a narrative Yeah, game. pretty much. Yeah, so it won't be playable, you mean? And I thought I was, uh, the, I, I was the negative one here. You still are. Don't worry. Yay. Uh, I, I think, yeah, it's very early still to, to have any yeah. kind of... I, I, I just hope they reach out to the community and see what people want, because that's really good for the community. Yeah, I think they, they've done a really good job with games in general recently. Like uh, Necromunda has been really good. Uh, that Satanicus is really good. Aeronautica is really good. They're on a, they're on a good streak. They're on a rough. So, so something tells me that uh, there's a Battlefleet fleet game in between us and uh, Warhammer at this point as well. Could be, definitely. They have talked about it, after all. Yeah. With a kind of a similar timeline, like sometime in the future. Yeah. Yeah, and other, other cool time periods that you guys would like to see? 
is on a note on the great war against chaos with Magnus the Pious, that would be a cool time setting because that's when uh, the College of Magic was formed as well. Yeah, yeah, that would be the ultimate setting. The thing, like I was thinking, War of the Beer would be awesome and just like when Sigmar was around would be incredible. But yeah, it, the first battle so backfire. I was thinking it would be strange though if they would uh, reintroduce Warhammer without both the Empire and Britonia, like yeah. any of the humans that the world is kind of centered around. Yeah. Oh, do you think they would bring back Kislev and uh, like things in Dogs of War, like Estalians, Talians, and everything? If it's set during the Great War Against Chaos, then they have to bring out Kislev. That you can't have the siege of Kislev without Kislev. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I would be really excited for that. Well, that's the thing that would be good to, to have, like a storyline leading up to a large event, like. The heresy has all, all, always been leading up to the end of the heresy and the battle, uh, siege for terror. So they could lead up uh, like the years before all of the minor skirmishes and all of the later ma- major battles in uh, the, the story. Yeah, and the the, the siege for Prague is like uh, it's twenty five. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was because uh, if they make a like a lead up, they could also make sense to actually do something with all of the other races that weren't that just just. A few battles in the Kislev. There were yeah. three. There were three or four elves in Kislev at that time. I mean, that wouldn't make for a good elf contribution. <laughs> yeah, just have them fight dark elves, I guess. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, because they were fighting the dark elves. Teclis just ran away with his mates and uh, formed the College of Magic, and burned the burned chaos guys to crisp. <laughs> yeah, that would be my favorite time period i think and then you could also have like uh yeah you still have teclis uh and uh his brother Tyrion. yeah Tyrion. and you can have thorgrim when he's young because i think wasn't he there as well yeah it was uh he, he became king uh, right before that i think I'm not sh- or did did he fight in that battle with the norska dwarves yeah he did yeah after that he became the high king yeah it depends on which of the books you read yeah, of course. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, because on that point, because uh, the Evershows at that time did lay siege to Krakadrak and the other strongholds, after all. Yeah, and uh, for those that are wondering who the hell he is, really, uh, Engrad, there was Asvar Kul and Engrad Deathblade. Uh, and Engrad Deathblade is like his second in command, and he's the like the badass chaos warrior standing with the, the most badass armor and two hand weapons and like this orange background. He's the guy, if you see him, this guy who made a crazy tattoo on his entire back, it's that guy. Most badass chaos champion ever. But I would really like to have a war of vengeance as well. That would be sweet if they release something like that as well. But I think it would be a bit spread out if they would release a bunch of yeah. different type periods. Yeah, also a pure war of vengeance time setting would be Quite limited to what you could in- include in your armies. <laughs> well, well, not including your armies, but which armies you could include. That's the proper way to phrase it. So you could yeah. have uh, dwarfs or high elves or like fifteen to twenty dark elves <laughs> and some and some trees. Don't forget the green skins, the innumerable green skins. But they weren't yeah, fighting in that war. I know, oh, but they were fighting each other. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. always fighting each other. Yeah, but that would be quite interesting setting because then you could have, a, well, that would be a perfect setting for Warmaster, not Warhammer, actually. That is true. 
And Chris, we used to have to start Warmaster armies and have a massive War of the Beard. So what you're saying is that we really should start a Warmaster podcast and see if that will trigger G-Dubs to pick up the interest <laughs> to make a new game? Exactly. That's, that's the next step. It is a fun strategic game, though, but it is a bit even more abstract than regular fantasy. Yeah, keep hearing it's great. Need to try it someday. All right, do we have anything more to say about the, the great news? Well, the, we can actually include another new, new news item here, since I think we've talked about this for more time than we actually had to talk about it, because we've included a lot more than we actually had to go on. But uh, Troll Slayer is available as an audiobook. Oh, nice. What? Yes. It was in one of the Warhammer community posts. Say what? I totally missed this. Is that the... Uh, which it was one in uh, the pre-order preview, Inquisitors Made to Ordo. At the very end, there is a Worm Chronicles Troll Slayer Limited Edition 20th Anniversary Edition and an audiobook announcement. Wh- which book in the uh, series is that? Troll Slayer, the first one. Ah, all right. That's a good one to start with if you... Because the other one is a ghoul slayer. So, so yeah. hopefully they'll bring out all of the slayer books as audiobooks. It would make sense. Yeah. If they're going to do a ramp up to yeah. a new edition. I don't mind reading the slayer books. Uh, I'm a slow reader because I, I, I find a, a hard time getting time to read books. But I recently got back into reading the Gotrick Felix novels. I don't have a problem with it, but I know a lot of my friends, they don't have times at all to read because, yeah, they're, they're parents. Yeah. They have limited hobby time. So... I, know that, I know that feeling, but I'm just a student, so I don't have that yeah. much time to read <laughs> other, other stuff than school books, after all. But uh, just mention that they do have the nice Inquisitor models. Uh, the... the Ones from uh, the Witch Hunter book, basically. They're they're perfect to build Witch Hunters to more time with. Yeah, <laughs> I know this. <laughs> that was uh, that was kind of where I was going. Anything can be made into a warband by Jimmy. So they have. Uh, <laughs> so the most important thing is they do have the Arch Confessor Kirinov as the mage order because he's the one, the only one, basically not in power armor. All right, great news, great news all around. Yeah. So. Uh... Should we move on? Yes. I heard you went to a tournament, Nicholas. Yes. Tell us so about it. it. Yeah, so we talked about this in the previous section of the episode. Uh, I was going to this tournament. Uh, and uh, the day before, I went up to uh, Joseph's place. And we had a test game, uh, the final test game before the tournament. And we tried one of the scenarios, the one with the flags. And I was totally demolished. I lost so hard. Uh, my artillery did nothing. They killed more dwarves than humans. And by more, I say three dwarves and zero humans. It was, it was unbelievable. So in scattered ones, uh, when I had like a perfect hit and then scattered into a combat. And when you hit a combat and hit models that are in base to base with an enemy, you need to randomize who you hit. And of course, all of the randomization hits went on my dwarves and killed all of them. Uh, and it was just a, a total defeat. It was, I think it was barely, not a massacre, but it was a total defeat. So it's like, shit, how is this going to go tomorrow? I hope I used all of my bad luck now. And then uh, we got up early and uh, went over to Bedworth, which is north of Coventry in the Midlands, I think. 
Um, and it's a really nice gaming club, nice venue. They had a, a really nice uh, bar downstairs, really good price on beer. So that was awesome, uh, which is something you rarely find in Sweden. Um, and then we got on with the first game, which was the capture scenario. And as I said before, it, like you don't automatically win if you hold objective. You get 500 extra victory points. So I was up against a Beastman army. And I played a lovely guy named Nick. Um, it was it's a, like a very min-heavy Beastman army. So he had three units of four Minotaurs with a Doom Bowl in one of them. And he had like a 20-man Bestigor unit with a Shaman and a Wargore. And he had another lone Shaman. And then he had two Chariots, one mixed herd, uh, two units of five Warhounds, and five uh, Centigors. Uh, Do you remember, did he use the Warhounds from that book or did he use them from the Warriors of Chaos army book? Because they are different. I'm pretty sure he used the ones from the Beastman book. Yeah, because the Beastman ones are not fast cavalry. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. That's how they differ. All right. I thought they, they both were. But yeah, so the they they have Ambush and the Beastman book. Yeah, so that's... exactly. That's the difference. And yeah, they can rank because they're they're like hunting in tighter packs. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Didn't yeah. know that. Um, yeah, okay. So I deployed my army pretty compact. Uh, Iron Breakers in the middle, take the objective. Uh, warriors on either side, the war machines on the right side. They were a bit exposed, so he deployed his uh, from left to right. Uh, unit of Minotaurs, a chariot, and warhounds. And in the middle, he had a unit of Minotaurs with the Doom Bowl, his Bestigors, and his mixed herd, and a chariot. It's a pretty punchy middle. And to the right, he had a unit of Minotaur, his lone shaman, Centigors, and warhounds. So I think he like he was trying to attack my war machines are pretty lonely on the right side. So when I deployed my uh, uh, rangers as scouts, I deployed them on the right, right side to defend them on a hill. Have you gone uh, over what you had in your armory? Did you do yes, it? yeah, we did yeah. that in the previous uh, section, but I'll run through it quickly. Uh, 20 iron breakers, 2 times 20 warriors with great weapons and shields, uh, 2 ballistas, 2 bolt throwers, uh, stone throwers, uh, 2 runesmiths, uh, master engineer, 20 miners, and 10 uh, rangers. Uh, so I got first turn, and my iron breakers just marched up to, to the objective, and their goal was just to sit there and just hold it the entire game. Um, and my stone thrower did pretty well, just hurting his Bestigor units. And my bolt thrower, that's been upgraded to strength 7, just instantly demolished a, a chariot in turn 1, which was pretty satisfying. Um, yeah, and, uh, and you know what I think about those strength 7 bolt throwers. <laughs> I, I freaking hate them. <laughs> oh, they're so good. There's yeah. a reason I don't feel the chariots anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think I'll be using that much strength seven bolt throwers after this, though. Because I found out also that bolt throwers ignore armor saves. I thought that they used modified armor save depending on the strength. That's one of the reasons I upgraded the strength seven, but apparently you used to ignore it. Oh, so you upgraded it for the wrong reasons. You think that makes it okay? <laughs> You chariot killer man. <laughs> On the right side, my rangers also kill like two Senegors, I think. It's withering them down a bit. And uh, my warriors on the left side advanced up a bit as well. And then it was his turn. 
Uh, we, st- we started, I think, 15 inches apart from each other, not 24, so we were pretty close. So in his turn, on the left side, he charged my warriors with his chariot and did like seven impact hits, uh, killed two or three, but then he bounced because of common resolution anyway. Uh, he advanced up in the middle with his uh, mixed herd, and they were kind of blocking the way for his best doers. And uh, uh, on my turn, my miners arrived. So they arrived behind his center in like a perfect position. And my shooting my shooting phase was really good this turn. So my one of my bolt throwers shot the Minotaurs on the right side, killed one of them, and made them flee. And the stone throwers just hammered the Bestigors in the middle and withered them down to maybe 12 guys. It was, it was incredible. And then uh, on his left, yeah, so on his turn, he charged me on his left side uh, with some Warhounds, my Warriors. And my warriors won it, and then they overran into his minotaur, so they got the charge next turn. And uh, what basically happened was my left side just ran through his units there, and on the right side he was fleeing. His warhounds fled after being shot by rangers, and in the middle my miners eventually charged against his bestigors. They were so withered down from artillery fire that they just ran straight through it into the flank of his minotaur and doombull unit, and he just broke them as well. So everything is went to plan, and uh, in the end, I won by a lot. Like, I didn't take any full losses. I took some losses in almost each unit, but n- none of them were even like half half taken. So I won by two thousand seven hundred and fifty five points to zero. So that's like the the best result I have ever had, and probably will ever have in a warmer game. That's impressive. Yeah, it went like, super well. Like everything I tried worked. So I was uh, like at the complete opposite of what happened the day before. And, and then my second game was against Vampire Counts. Uh, and it was a very odd Vampire Counts army. They had three units of five ghouls and like a 30 or 35 unit of uh, Graveguard, uh, the old model. So it was really cool. And then he had a. Uh, uh, blood dragon on a zombie dragon and a banshee on spirit host a black coach and a white on a horse that was ethereal uh, and caused terror so there was a lot of terror causing units and fear causing units of course but like no skeleton warriors and no zombies like nothing to resurrect so i was a bit like shocked and like i was hadn't really seen this kind of army before and in this game, a lot of things went wrong instead. So my war machines misfired a lot and really didn't do any damage. Didn't manage to stop the black coach before it hit home. And uh, his zombie dragon just flew onto my lines and started scaring shit. So first he scared a unit of warriors that fled. And then the next turn, they failed to regroup and ran off the table. And they were at full strength. And then he attacked my Iron Breakers with Spirit Hosts. And eventually my Iron Breakers withered them down. And hadn't ta- I t- think they'd taken one loss. And then he flew in with his Dragon. And they failed their leadership and eventually fled off the board. And uh, he attacked my War Machines with just smaller units that I really couldn't take care of. Because I had to guard against his Graveguard. And my other two combat units had fled off the board. So that was a total massacre. He massacred me. Uh, there was like one shot at the end where my stone thrower could assassinate his vampire general that had a three plus ward against shooting. So I hit it bang on. I wounded him. He failed his three plus ward save. And then I rolled two wounds. So I could have taken home a lot of points there, but it would still have been a major defeat. Um, yeah, it was very cool playing that very different vampire count army though. 
Yeah, I mean, it's like not your typical Vampire Count's army. Yeah, you just expect this like endless horde of the dead. But this yeah. is like a very small, elite, and fast-moving army. Yeah. And I think that's it's pretty hard to defend yourself as a dwarf against that. Because you're good at just taking on big blocks of stuff and just counting on combat resolution. But when you have stuff like slinking through your lines, attacking your war machines, that, and attacking you in the rear, that's when it starts to get dangerous. Exit uh, only. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then the final game uh, was against Tim that I played uh, in the Bringing Back 6th edition event as well when I played my Kislev against his High Elves and he won that game and now he brought Dwarves and he brought Dwarves using the newer book from 6th edition. So there's been quite a debate uh, online whether like which one is the true book. Uh, well, both of them. Yeah, pretty much. It w- we discussed this in the Dwarf episode and both are equally viable and there, there's some side changes uh but they're both fine and uh yeah it was a lot of fun to have like the dwarf showdown to like decide which which book was better uh but uh, we've been talking before uh the game and just looking at our armies and both of us included like my army has more long-range shooting and would probably win if we played and then we ended up playing the last game and what happened was i had more long-range shooting and i won because <laughs> we deployed <laughs> and he was like oh wait you got more shooting than me so i'm gonna have to advance i was like yep he's like okay i'm not really used to that as a dwarf player <laughs> and then, he just marched up slowly, six inches per turn, and got shot off. Like I was, I was really accurate with my stone throwers, uh, and they just demolished his units. Yeah, it was, it was not a pretty sight. I, I felt pretty bad because it's like when I'm facing an army that is aggressive and runs towards you, and that's their job, then it doesn't feel like that having shooting. But when you're playing as some something that is not meant to walk forward. And you shoot him off. I didn't feel that good, especially when it's like your fellow dwarves. Uh, it was nice to settle though that the uh, old is best and wisest. Yeah, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. It's like yeah, it's like the the contrast between your armies. He's using newer units, and you're you're going with all the classic War of the Beard ones. It's and he's using the new army list, and you're using the old. It's it's is a great contrast. And I'm really happy that your army is the one that came out the strongest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's good for his argument as well to, to use the, the newer book. Like, look, it's not that strong. Uh, but his army consisted of an Anvil of Doom, uh, a Flame Cannon, a Bolt Thrower, a unit of Longbeards, a unit of Warriors, a unit of Miners, uh, a Gyrocopter, uh, Slayers, and Thunderers. So it's a very varied list. Worked very well if you don't face a uh, long-range Dwarf gunline. Uh, and the thing that I totally forgot that really could have swung the game was he came on with his miners and then was like, oh yeah, and I'm now I'm using the rune that allows you to move a unit so they can charge into your flank. So I totally forgot that and I hadn't turned my ironbreaker so they could take a charge from miners. So I expected, oh yeah, do have a, a turn to turn around. But then, yeah, he said, oh yeah, I'm going to charge you in the flank now. Like, holy shit, it's going to roll up my entire flank. Uh, and he had to roll a two plus and he rolled a one. So that really saved the game as well. Uh, but it's great, great playing team, and as I said, he played High Elves, so we discussed playing some uh, War of the Beard, War of Vengeance, which would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that was it. So there were three games, and I had one massacre, one total defeat, and a solid victory. Uh, oh yeah, there were 12 players there as well. Uh, there should have been 16, but we had some dropouts at the end. 
And uh, in the end, I got best painted and second place. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm really happy about Best Painted because, as you know, I've been painting dwarves like crazy. Yeah, lately. yeah. Uh, and it felt really worth it in that. What was the overall uh, painting quality? Did everyone come fully painted or...? Yeah, uh, there were a couple that got minus points for not having completely painted armies or not completely uh, based armies. Actually, uh, Joseph, that... Uh, organized the Bringing Back 6th edition, got some minus points for not having based this army. So he should actually have gotten second place, but he got minus points that knocked him down to fourth place. So I kind of stole second place from him. <laughs> but, yeah. Sounds like he had it coming if he didn't base his army, right? <laughs> yeah, hopefully that will encourage people to... Yeah, but it's, it's good that uh, it's just uh, slightly penalized and not just outright banned. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was fair in then. And uh, he 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 knows that he plays played well at least. <laughs> you know, he get didn't get the trophy. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was it. It's a great day. Uh, really fun playing dwarves. I think uh, next event though, I'm gonna play Kislev. Especially like the last victory, it felt like I didn't win, my opponent lost. Uh, but when you play Kislev <laughs> and you win, you really win because you really you, you have to take it from the enemy. You can't just sit there. I. I... I know exactly that feeling because I play a Mona Knight Goblin list. <laughs> yeah. One day I, one day I learn how it, winning a game feels like. <laughs> well, you need to paint up your shit. I am currently painting, so that's why I've been silent. So am I. I actually Present finished the model. Awesome. Yeah, you need to post uh, some pictures of your uh, reavers, Chris. They look awesome so far. Yeah, they they're not. They're almost done as well, this unit, which, which is, uh, well, it will be the first finished unit of my army properly, because I got eagles as well, but eagles aren't really a unitarious fun to paint. <laughs> well, they count. Uh, yeah, I'm also painting right now, I'm painting up the very last models for my kiss of army, pretty much. Uh, so I think uh, there's uh, three events uh, so far organized for next year. So we're organizing the Albion thing in January, uh, that I think is full now, actually. Uh, oh. And then there's uh, I'm organizing the thousand point thing in February, and then there's another two thousand point tournament in uh, March, and I think I'm gonna bring Kislev for a thing in March. So there's also no named characters allowed. So I'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and just take all the magic because I won't have any magic defense. Just a good old two dice dispel. <laughs> and uh, yeah also I'm left for my dwarves to paint I still got 20 slayers my anvil of doom that I'm really excited painting and uh, some characters still got some stuff to make for them yeah that's what I had about what I've been up to cool nice so maybe we should round off out for this time pretty much or do yeah. you have anything else well I have one more thing and that is if anyone has because I'm going to post this on Instagram and Facebook and all of the usual places. But if anyone have a question for, well, you remember last year we did a Opposite Aquel episode. Basically, well, not that monitored, so to speak. Not that, <laughs> yeah, there, was so, there were actually stuff cut out of that episode. And if you have listened to it, there's a, a surprise perhaps. But uh, I want questions from listeners for this for our next one. Because we are going to try to find time to make a new one this year. 
So questions, basically any question that you want to have answered, even if it's maybe not hobby related, just any question that you want answered that we in some way can answer. So probably not uh, the solution to Brexit. I'm sorry, the British government, we can't solve it for you. <laughs> but you, you seem to be in a bit of a trouble about this. But as I said, any question, if we're going to answer them or not, that's what we will see or listen her here in the Christmas episode. But send them we'll in. We'll try and get Jens on to answer yeah. any Griffin Ball related questions as well. Yeah. Yeah. Any ball related questions. Send them in. And, and in advance, we excuse for all the static noises you will hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that has been a quite useful tool, just adding static noise. <laughs> Yeah, all right that's it then yeah looking forward to that special it's always nice to sit down and hobby and chat it's pretty much yeah. what we've done this episode though yeah this is recording i can't answer for the early one all right then we're done yep yeah so see you guys in the next episode remember Bye. stay square <laughs>